Welcome to this podcast from the Vessel Collective Church here in the heart of Texas. Our mission is to be vessels of the living Christ, set apart for His purpose and His kingdom. We thank you for sharing in this message here today. Good morning. Uh, my name is TJ Smith, if we haven't had a chance to meet. Um, today we're going to be talking, we've been going through this series about the gospel, and today we're going to be talking about some practical examples of how to share the gospel. To help do that, I've uh, voluntold, no, I'm kidding, helped talk to a few people that I know are going to do a little role play with me. So to get started here, my buddy Ryan is going to come up, and we're going to do a little role play. All right, this should be on, Ryan. He's going to got it for you. Okay. So Ryan and I are basically just like greeting each other. Hey, Ryan. How's it going, man? Good, man. Good. How was your week? It was good, man. Yeah. How about you? It was pretty good. I got to, ooh, Monday and Friday, I got to sleep until 1030 in the morning because there was no school. Oh, man. You don't have the same kids that I do. <laughs> no. They're, they're pretty old enough so they can kind of yeah. take care of themselves. So it was, it was good. It was good. How was your week? It was good, man. We, yeah. we took a little mini vacation That's and right. yeah, went down to Wimberley. So. Nice. How'd it go? It was good. It was cool. I mean, yeah. it's, I don't know, Wimberley's fun, like, it's, it's busy, touristy, but the yeah. girls had a blast. That's so, always good. Yeah. Did good. you and uh, your wife get a little, you get any alone time in your... No. No, because no. the kids not, are just around since, all the time. Yeah, not since, yeah. like, 2010, <laughs> really, so. <laughs> yeah, I no got it, I that. get it. Getting away is always good. How was yeah. your week at work? What's that? How was your week at work? It was good, man. I've been traveling a lot, so. That's know, right. You went to Ohio recently, didn't yes, you? Yes. Yeah. Back to your, home state. your home state and yeah. PA, just the, the rust belt. So. Yes. Yeah. You went to that, uh, that tavern. Yes. You sent me a picture. Nat, Nat Miller's. Nat Miller's, Miller's Tavern. Yeah. Yeah. So we went, we've eaten at the same place in yeah. Ohio. So that's pretty We're awesome. Connected. Yeah. So anything I'm be praying for you about this week, Ryan? Uh, I mean, really just like we were talking about kids, man. Parenting is hard. So like just yeah. trying to trying to. Should navigate. I talk about what my kids were doing this morning? Uh, One of them's in the room. I mean, I, I yeah. don't know. I don't want to do that to them. But yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, so my wife got here at 1010. Yeah. I think, so yeah. yeah I, I yeah, got Parenting is tough. So and just, uh, you know, something that we've been talking about is parenting is really hard when you try to do it by yourself and you don't you don't lean on God for answers. So yeah, that's something sure. that, that Emily and I are working on, just like surrendering the tough choices to him instead yeah. of like trying to figure it out all on our own. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I just want to encourage you. So as a parent too, man, yeah, I feel you. It's not always easy, but relying yeah. on God is definitely a thing. So can I pray for you real quick? Yeah, man, for sure. All right. Father God, let me just thank you for Ryan. Father God, I thank you for uh, him and his wife, Emily, and their children, Father God. Lord, just ask that you would just encourage them, encourage all of us as parents, um, Father God, that we would just rely on you, that we would not try to do it in our own strength, in our own power. Uh, Father, especially as fathers, I just ask that you would give us uh, patience, um, that our first response would not always be um, anger or frustration, um, but Father, help us to see um, our children as you see them, um, to recognize them for who they are, um, and Father, just help us to do our best to train them up in the way that they should go, Father, so they can honor and glorify you with all their talents and all their abilities. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks, man. Good to see you, man. You too. Take care. See you tonight. Yes. <laughs> all right. So just a simple greeting, right? Two believers, we see each other, we ask each other how we're going. Um, encouragement. I don't think we should ever underestimate the power 
of encouragement because that's a part of the gospel. I, I'd like to share another story. Um, this kind of, I thought of this as we were in worship. By the way, worship team, oh my gosh. It was amazing. That was so incredible um, as we were worshiping the Lord. Um, so uh, if you don't know, so I'm a coach at Orange Theory. I'm a fitness coach. Uh, yesterday we had this really fun event. It's called the Dry Try, which is a really way of saying we make you suffer for like an entire hour doing incredibly challenging things just to see how fast you can do it. Like, why not, right? Um, so we did this yesterday, and um, we had, uh, in one of our heats, um, we had uh, this lady. Uh, she's been coming for a while now, as long as I've been there. Um, she came because she wanted to be more fit. She wasn't, she's not necessarily super fit, but she decided to give this dry try a chance. Um, and so we row, and then we have these bodyweight exercises on the weight floor. Um, and she was in the middle of that. Um, and you could tell it was just really challenging. Like it was, she was slowing down. It was difficult for her. Um, she also struggles with asthma and, and she, she's, she wasn't sure she could do it. So she left the room, she went to the bathroom. She was in there for a while. Um, our head coach went and checked on her. And I was so excited. She came back, um, finished her exercises, and got on the treadmill. And so she was a good 10, 15 minutes behind everybody. Um, so everyone else is done, and here she is, still on the treadmill. Um, and when we think about encouragement, like I think this is part of how I see how we live our lives, is everyone who was already done stayed. And if, if she's dusting on the treadmill, there is 15 people around her. Just cheering her on. You got this. You can do this. It was probably more fun to watch her finish than anyone else. So when I think about, like, I imagine things, I think about heaven. Like, I think about the host of heaven and here's Hunter on the treadmill of life. Regardless of what's happened, he needed a 15-minute break because it was tough. And there's just these heavenly hosts. You got this, Hunter. Come on, man. You can do it. You can finish. I just think about the power of encouragement is super practical way for us to be able to share the gospel with others. And it doesn't always have to be like super gospel-y, right? It can be like, Dustin, you've got this, man. I know you've been going through a hard time, but brother, don't worry. Like we're in your corner, we got your back, whatever you need, keep going. It can be super simple. Right, And so that's some of the things that I want to talk about today is how we can just practically share the gospel in our daily lives and what it really looks like. Um, Hayden, can you do me a favor? Can you bring my water up here? I don't want to come back there. I don't know what the mic's going to do if I leave this precious area. Um, but we're going to start in Matthew chapter 10. Stay back here. Yep, Gary's going to be the size. Sorry, I, gotta, I like, this is challenging for me to have a circle. I don't like the circle. Um, Matthew chapter 10. All right, so in Matthew chapter 10, we're just going to read, there's just a couple of verses we're going to look at. 
Uh, I'm reading from the uh, New Living Translation. This is where Jesus sends out the 12. In verse one, it says, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal, I'm sorry, yes, to heal every kind of disease and illness. And then it kind of goes on a little bit. We're gonna pick it back up in verse seven. Uh, in verse seven, it says, go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. So if we look at that, there's, there's like so much in there and we could really talk about a lot of the, the spiritual aspects and the theology there behind all the things that he tells them to do. But first, I want us to know the action that is there. And that is, he says, go. Go. Whether that means go across the road, go to a different city, go to a different state, a different country, go to the person sitting in the cubicle next to you, the person at the gas pump beside you, go to the bedroom of one of your kids because they need a little encouragement. It's an action. We are supposed to be active in the way that we share the gospel. But the reason why I started with encouragement, if you look, again, and we could really break this down, all the things he tells them to do. He says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons. As I look at that, I think really practically, for example, if you're sick and you get healed, like that helps you live a better life. If you were have an issue with demons. We read Jesus cast out multiple demons in scripture. Um, your life is gonna get better once the demon's gone. So I think about the practicalness of, we're looking to try and make people's lives better. And I don't wanna like water down the gospel in that sense, but that's what we're trying to do. And, and first and foremost, he says, go and announce them the kingdom of heaven is near. Is the spiritual side of helping people's lives be better. If you've ever encountered this or you yourself remember how it was for you, um, life without spiritual healing. When we were lost in our sin, in our own transgression, in our own brokenness, what that was like is sharing the gospel, is bringing salvation, it's bringing the good news to people. And I think we can take that and do it really practically in very simple ways through encouragement. Um, if you're in one of our small groups, I know a little while ago we went through spiritual gifts. I know my small group, we took the spiritual gifts test and we looked about what are our spiritual gifts. So for somebody who has the gift of hospitality, maybe it's inviting people over to your home, making them feel welcome, cooking them a meal, helping encourage them in life. If you have the gift of encouragement, encouraging people. If you have the gift of mercy, it's sharing in people's pain. I mean, how moving is it when you're in a, a season of struggle and heartache and somebody just comes beside you and walks with you in that season of struggle and pain? They're just there. So there's, there's so many different ways for us to be able to share the gospel practically. Whatever that looks like, however we can help process through life with people because if we take a second and look around, I think we can recognize not only do we struggle, but people are struggling all around us. If you've ever had a season of struggle, so as I was thinking about the message this week, I was thinking about this year. We had a 
particularly challenging year. I was trying to think about all the things that happened to us in this year, but like, I believe, if I remember this correctly, my wife, she can correct me afterwards. In January, we had a child. Our youngest daughter, Faith, was born. Um, and we lived in Ohio at the time. And, and I remember our church organized, you know, meals for us to help us out. You know, it was, it was our fourth child in the home, so we had a lot going on. And then um, that summer, I went off on this trip to Haiti and herniated a disc in my back, came back in a wheelchair, and spent two weeks laying in bed. And I remember the church family came over and talked to me, encouraged us, they brought meals, they cleaned the whole house, I'm pretty sure. It was amazing. Um, and then later that year, my father-in-law passed away. My wife, he, they were in vacation when he got sick and he was in a hospital in Atlanta. And I think Mariah flew down to Atlanta three, four, five times over a period of a month um, as he was there. And once again, the church helped us out. And I remember uh, I looked at one of our elders and I was like, man, I was like, I feel like the church is like, I feel like we're taking all the church's energy. Like this is the third time this year y'all have brought meals, cleaned our house, done stuff for us. And she was like, uh, TJ, um, nobody's counting. And not only that, if you hadn't told me, I wouldn't even have remembered this was the third time that we've been over at your house this year. Because it's just what people do, right? They were still sharing the gospel with us because we've had this kind of underlying theme through this series that even as believers, it's not like one day, like I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and be like, I don't need the gospel anymore. Like I just don't need it. We need it forever. All these different ways that we can share the gospel. And so as we look at that, I also want to encourage us in maybe some ways, particularly for some of us that might be a little more outside of our natural comfort zone. So we want to do those things, use our gifts to be able to share the gospel, but also not be afraid to interact. So if we look at Jesus and all the different ways that Jesus shared the gospel, um, Jesus shared with really huge, large groups in public. He went to the temple almost every week during right, time of worship and prayer, and he shared the gospel there. He shared the gospel in small groups with his disciples, just a group of 12 or more individuals. He also shared the gospel one-on-one, -on -one, all over the place, right? There was not like a place where Jesus was like, I'm not gonna share the gospel here. He looked for opportunities, and whenever there was an opportunity, he took it. So to help us get us ready for maybe this opportunity, I've recruited another friend, who's gonna come up and she's gonna help me. This is the amazing Audrey, if you haven't had a chance to meet Audrey. And so we're gonna have a little role play here. I am going to be checking out my groceries at a store. Yes, you can stand right there, because Gary, we gotta, like, you gotta, you gotta stay in the magic circle. <laughs> so I'm going through the checkout line. Audrey is checking me out at the grocery store. So you ready? All right, here we go. Hello, hi Audrey, how are you doing today? How'd you know my name? Uh, you're wearing a name tag. <laughs> ah, got it. I know, that's really challenging. Um, I'm okay, you know, better days, but it's fine. My shift will be done soon and we'll go home. So. Yeah, it's always nice when your shift is done. So you, better days, so like, has something in particular been going on? Um, I don't know, like, 
guess we have some time, but. <laughs> I know, I got five kids. I got like family of five, so I got a lot of groceries. Gotcha. I, I don't know, I just like took this job because I wanted to like love on people in a different way and I just took a leadership role that's like more than I thought I was gonna be and I just feel like I can't actually do anything, so just working, working to be done with it right today. Yeah, I understand. Sometimes you feel like you got a job, it's not really going where you want to go, but I just want to encourage you. Like, if you're trying to step out, you're trying to do these leadership things, like, that's amazing. Like, it's a great opportunity. I know it doesn't always feel, like, super awesome, but it can take you somewhere maybe you're not sure of or you're unsure where it's going to go. Yeah. So, you know, you've got that. Like, you can totally do it. Thanks. You're welcome. All right. How much do I owe? Ooh. You're at... 177 177 I never get out of the grocery store for 177 and uh, thank you for whatever coupons or discounts you gave me. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hey, Audrey, before no, I go. No, that was, uh, never mind. <laughs> before I go, would it be okay? Can I pray for you really quick? Um, I know it might be a little uncomfortable, but I'll make it. It would be super at least uncomfortable as possible. Yeah, okay. All right, awesome. Father God, I just thank you for Audrey and just how amazing she is. And Father, just the ways that she's stepping out in life, I pray that you would bless her and encourage her to know that you do have a plan and purpose for her life and you have somewhere for her to be that is gonna give her meaning and purpose. Father, I just thank you in Jesus' name, amen. So Audrey, really quick before I go, if you're ever interested in being around a group of people who might be able to encourage you or just live life with you, I go to the Vessel Collective Church. We meet at the YMCA Sundays at 10 a.m if you're ever interested, okay? Okay. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you, Audrey. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Give Audrey a round of applause. So when we're out living life, um, practical things that I encourage, ask questions. The power of asking questions. Um, I don't know if this has ever happened to you. Uh, it's happened to me. I, I'm a question asker. So, you know, it comes really natural for me. Um, when you've ever, if you've ever been somewhere randomly, sometimes this has happened to me with strangers, um, where you're just like at the gas pump. And I remember this one particular time I'm at the gas pump. I happen to walk up at the same time, like the person on the other side is walking up. And it's like, oh, hey, how, like, how's it going? And they're like, and they just like start crying and they just like <laughs> word vomit on you. Is that ever, like I don't know if that happens to you guys, but it's happened to me before. Um, the power of asking a question because here's the thing that I've learned in life. Um, most people don't really have a chance to talk about what's going on. There's a lot of people in life that no one ever asks them how they're doing. And just the, the sheer opportunity to be able to be like, Oh my God, like, this is what's happening in my life. So just get in the habit of asking questions. Like you see someone, like, you go out to eat, your server comes up. Genuinely look them in the eyes and be like, how are you? How's life? And there might be times where, like, it's fine, and then they move on. Like, that's fine. Like, it, not every question is gonna lead to a life-altering conversation, but what we're doing is, is we're making room for something to happen if there's something there, right? So if you think about, for example, uh, when Jesus visits uh, the well and then the woman at the well comes up, right? What did he do? He just like, hey, can you give me a drink of water? 
like, not like a profound, super spiritual question, right? But it became something more because Jesus asked a question. So ask questions. Look for opportunities um, when it comes. Um, I've had probably like equal people who I ask questions and nothing happens. But it also many times leads to a conversation. Like I've been at the grocery store. I've literally done what I just done with Audrey. I was checking out my whole family. And it was, it was really interesting because no one else really knew what was going on and was really paying attention. And it was an older lady and she was going through some real struggles in life. And she shared with me, just like Audrey did. And I was like, that sounds really challenging. Like, uh, that's a really difficult situation. Would it be okay if I pray for you? And so uh, sometimes people think when you ask that question, like, they mean, like, pray for you later. But I always mean, like, right now. But I don't necessarily always say that. I just say, can I pray for you? And then she was like, sure, that'd be great. Awesome. Now, this is me. Remember, we're all different in how we feel and how comfortable we are. I almost always ask for a person's hand. That's me. You don't have to do that. If you're like, oh my gosh, TJ, you're already killing me right now with asking questions. You don't have to do that. Okay, it's just something I do um, because, I don't know, I just do, right? And most of the time people say yes. Uh, And this lady's like, sure. And so she gave me her hand, I just took her hand, and I just prayed for her really quick. And you should have seen the look on her face that somebody took the time. It was like a 15-second prayer. I don't even remember what I said. And so we're standing there, and I'm pretty sure at this particular moment, there was like my oldest daughter was there, and she had like a friend, and, and everyone's just like moving and doing stuff. And I'm here holding this woman's hand praying, and she starts crying right there in the middle of the checkout line. Just an opportunity, really simple, really quick. I I never saw her again in my life, but I tried to encourage her. I tried to pray for her. I invited her to church where we went at the time. Like, if you're ever interested, like, come join us. And so sometimes just taking the opportunity to do things and not be afraid because if we also go back to Matthew and we look at what Jesus asked the disciples to do, right? He talks about share that the kingdom of heaven is at hand and all these other things. Those things are all supernatural, right? So for example, if, if somebody's gonna get healed, uh, I didn't do that and you didn't do that, right? Jesus did that. But it's also supernatural for an encounter because there's times where you could say the most amazing, eloquent thing, and it doesn't matter. And you feel like you could fumble through your words, like I am the most awkward communicator on the planet, like Moses, just saying. And yet, the Lord moves, because it's supernatural. So not to forget that it's not just about us. It's about what the Lord's doing. You have no idea what that person could be going through, what's happened in that person's life. Like, Maybe all the Lord needs is somebody, anybody, who's willing to look at that person and just be like, hey, how's it going? You never know. So we've got, the, we've got those, and really quick, if we look at John, which is really awesome because I think we, we hit this passage. I didn't tell anybody I was going to cover this. Um, the famous passage there in John chapter 3. 
And so what's really, I always find super interesting in John chapter three, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, um, is this is like a one-on-one conversation. Like Nicodemus came to Jesus like at night, he was a Pharisee and he was like curious about Jesus being Messiah. And so they have like this whole exchange. And in John 16, it says, for this is how, wait, let me make sure I know how far I'm going. Okay. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son that, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on his fact. God's light came into the world but people love darkness more than light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so that others can see they're doing what God wants. So we see like in this one-on-one exchange, Jesus gets the opportunity to share with Nicodemus to help answer his questions, to share the gospel with him. In this passage, he talks about the glory of God and why Jesus came to earth. So this is, this is a breakdown of how we can share with others life-transforming information. Because if we read this passage and we see it offers us eternal hope in salvation through Jesus, but it also gives us what happens when people choose not to believe. And so I feel like someone in, I don't wanna say this is our main motivation, but somewhere in the back of our mind has to be the thought that people that never hear the gospel never have a chance to receive salvation. So I try to remind myself, this is what I try to remind myself, is God, I just wanna be available if you need me in a situation. Because what if no one else makes themselves available for that person? Because that person needs to hear the truth. They need to hear the gospel. And I would love if they would hear it from everyone. Sometimes it doesn't happen like that, but for us to make ourselves available and not forget that while the love compels us, we are compelled by love to do these things, to also recognize that without that love motivating us, sometimes to come outside our comfort zone maybe, it means that person might have an opportunity to be in a relationship with Jesus. And what that means for their internal soul is not to forget that aspect of it. But I'd also want to, as we look at this, Jesus sharing in this individual way what it can look like and how we can be prepared. So I had another um, opportunity in the past um, where I used to work. Um, We would have these individuals. um, They would come. I don't remember exactly what it was called, but they had been in jail for minor offenses. And then as they got close to being ready to be you know, released out of jail, they would have opportunity to go out into the public and do different things. So at the place where I worked, it was called the Hope Center. We had all kinds of stuff. 
um, we would have people who would come in and they would help volunteer. They would do different things. So we had this one lady at one point, uh, she worked the front desk for us for a couple of weeks, answer phones, just greet people, help people get to where they needed to be. So one day I was in that office and uh, we had interacted before, like I knew who she was, um, but I was in there for a while and we got a chance to talk. And I could just tell that the, the Lord was like, this is, this is the now, like this is the moment. She is ready to hear what she needs to hear. And so I don't remember exactly what she had been in prison for, um, but I got a chance to share my testimony and I shared the gospel. And there in this middle of this office, this woman received Jesus as her savior and her life was changed forever. And so I encourage us, scripture talks about always being ready to share the reason for the hope that is in you. And your testimony doesn't have to be like super amazing. I think it was Dustin who shared a couple of weeks ago that he maybe felt like his testimony wasn't super amazing, got saved like at a really young age, has been in church forever. Like, but it doesn't really matter, again, what we think our testimony sounds like because, you know, like I got hit by a truck and almost died and that's how I got saved. Like, that, that could sound, like, more, like, cool, but in reality, it's not. Like, I got hit with a truck. That was not cool. Like, it did not feel good, like, at all. Um, I just was more stubborn than Dustin. I needed a bigger, you know, like, knock in the head to realize what I needed. Um, how that's going to impact a person beside us. So one of the ways I, was, I, I learned is to always have your 30-second, your two-minute, and your five-minute testimony ready. 30 seconds, you can share in an elevator or with the church and with a clerk at the grocery store, wherever, at the gas station. Two minutes, you get a chance to actually talk with somebody. Five minutes, you're one-on-one with this conversation. Always be ready to share our testimony. So just ask yourself, like, what does it sound like? It doesn't have to be anything grand. This is who I was before Jesus. This is how I met Jesus. This is what my life is like now after Jesus. Something that's really practical so that we're always ready for that opportunity. And the other thing is, like as we look at Jesus and Nicodemus and Jesus is responding to these questions is, don't be afraid of a question you can't answer. Like I think for a lot of people, that's what I hear. People are like, I don't wanna talk because what if they ask me something I don't know? That's well, easy, just say I don't know. Like, I mean, I told people that, many, like I don't know, I'm gonna have to talk to Jesus and get back with you about that one, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know that I can answer that question. But it's also really reassuring because we're not the answer. Jesus is. So you're like, to be honest, I don't know. But I can guarantee you that if you talk to Jesus about it, he'll give you an answer. Not to be afraid of those things. Not to let those things come between us and bother us for these ways that we have this opportunity to share the gospel. So I encourage you, like, just right now, as you're thinking about it, like, what does this mean for us as individuals? What does it look like for you at work? What does it look like where you go to school or where you interact? Like, I know sometimes at work, um, maybe there's specific rules about things like that, and I, I get that, um, but you can always be really creative, like, and find ways. Like, I used to teach in public schools, um, a sex ed program, which is a lot of fun. I can talk to you about that some other time. Um, but one of the things I always used to say is uh, choosing to be abstinent until marriage was the second best decision of my life. And every now and then you'd see a kid be like, wait, what was the first? Oh, um, 
my decision to follow Jesus Christ and make him Lord and Savior of my life. See, I didn't share. He asked me a question so I can answer. See, there's always ways, like, we can be creative with what we've got going on, whether it's at home or at work. So think about, I encourage you right now, there's an opportunity, I promise, somewhere in your life with someone who's ready to hear what you have to say. And just ask yourself to be available. So think about that. And then um, my other encouragement for you is, is it's okay to be afraid. Like if you've ever been scared, like it's okay. Like, you know, I've come, come to recognize most people are not comfortable talking in front of people. Fear of public speaking is one of the number one fears in this country. It, it's okay to be afraid, but we have to ask ourselves is, do we, what would you say to someone else who said that there was something in life they were being held back from because they were afraid? What would you say to them? Would you encourage them to let fear control their life? Don't throw anything at me, okay? So don't let fear control us. Be willing to step out in that fear, even though you're afraid, because it's not like we're never gonna be afraid, but we have somebody to help encourage us, right? To be brave. Um, And so one final example that I wanna share as we wrap up, and I would just encourage, if you're sitting here and you're like, I don't know, I, I might need the gospel. The gospel might, I don't know if I've ever received the gospel, is to think about the words that Jesus said in, in John, right, in John verse 16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. This is the message for us to get out. Um, I'll never forget. I think this kind of set me on my trajectory um, of being comfortable sharing. Uh, so when I was in college, I, went, I was part of this group called Campus Crusade for Christ. Um, and we had this Christmas conference and they would partner with area churches in Indianapolis, Indiana. And we would pass out what we called boxes of love uh, in the Christmas season, which was really mostly food, but some other like basic needs um, and some more poor areas in, the, in Indianapolis. And so we partnered up and we went out and I was a freshman. And um, so this whole idea of sharing the gospel was a little new. I, I grew up Catholic and so Catholics don't always talk a lot about like sharing the gospel with other people, which is, it's whatever. That's a lot of different stuff. But this is like one of my first opportunities where I'm like, okay, we're like going out knocking on doors of strangers, like looking to share the gospel. Um, And so we went out and we knocked on a door and got invited into a house. Um, And I was with uh, another girl. She was, I think, a junior or senior. She had done this before. And so she kind of shared. And um, I spent time playing with the kids, which was super cool. I was like, this is easy. I can play with kids. Uh, Which again, callings and giftings. Uh, There's like a whole bunch of kids back there right now that all need the gospel. So if you're like, that's what works for me, well then go see Denise and sign up and you can help work with kids. Um, We also have a lot of students that'll be here later tonight. So if you wanna work with like middle school, high school students, let me know, I can hook you up. 
Um, but she shared, and I kind of listened to her and what she said and what she did. Um, and then it was still pretty early, so we went back to the church. We got another box, and we came back out. Um, and we knocked another door, and this woman answered. And so we had already decided, like, it was my turn. And uh, so we went up, and um, I'm sharing with this uh, woman. And um, I think this is my personal opinion. Um, I think that any way of sharing the gospel is good if it's done well in the right spirit. I know some people aren't for, like, knocking on doors and using tracks. And, again, I think it's how you use it versus what you use. Uh, but this is what we had. It was called this Four Spiritual Laws little booklet. Um, and I walked her through it. And she's like, this is me. I, I need Jesus. This is what I want. Um, and so she received Jesus as her Savior. And um, we also had information on the church we were a part of. It was just right down the road. We invited her to encourage. We passed on her information to the church so they could reach out to her as well. And I will never forget the feeling of recognizing that someone's life eternally changed. And I remember we, I, we walked out of this woman's house um, and I was over the moon on cloud 18,000 high. Like I was just there. Um, and it was probably a really weird scene if you saw it and you didn't really understand the context. When we got outside the house, we started walking. I literally picked the girl up who was with me, hugged her, and spun in circles in somebody's yard. That's what I was doing. Because it was just, it was so amazing to me to see this opportunity of recognizing that eternity has been forever changed simply because we chose to go outside of our way to try and share the gospel with someone. And so that's what I just, my encouragement for you in really simple, practical ways. Again, it never has to look amazing. It, it may not always be easy or comfortable. There might be times where you, again, you ask a question and people are like, hmm, they're not interested. And that's okay. Like, I always try to remind myself, if Jesus couldn't save everyone, I'm not going to. Like Jesus tried to share with everyone who would listen, there was people that wouldn't receive what he had to say. So the goal is not for us to try and make everyone or just because everyone doesn't means we don't. We still put ourselves out there. We still pursue. We still share. And we just accept that when a person is ready, the spirit will make it happen. Because again, it's not about me. It's not about the eloquence of my words. It's not about how bold I am or not or the place or any of those things. To me, it's simply about being available because the Lord needs somebody he can move through. Thank you for joining us this morning for our service. We are publishing content throughout the week for Church at Home through our social media and website. For more information, visit www.vessel.church.